Welcome to the Bones Horror Podcast. This is our episode 54, Cloverfield. A group of friends venture deep into the streets of New York on a rescue mission during a rampaging monster attack. Does that sum it up? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so this is, we got tonight, we got Jess with us. Hello. And Ewan. Hello. And Larry. Hello. So 2008. American found footage monster film. So just the one monster. Well, it's a it's a big monster with a, a few a few little monsters. Yeah, uh, hordes of yeah bug yeah. things. Mm. Yeah, they they come out of the big monster. Is that right? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Where, how do they come out? I think they just like they're like parasites, aren't they? They stick onto the yeah. creature and fall off. I think in the in the I watched the making of before this, and they always referred to those creatures as the parasites. So that yeah. would make mm. sense. Why do right. they always look like spiders, though? Because spiders are frightening, Jess. Like, yeah, so very many horror films that always <laughs> got like eight legs, and I hate it. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so this was directed by Matt Reeves, and I like him. Um, I have been watching the Planet of the Eight films, so I think he did the second and the third one. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he's directed uh, a remake of Let Me In. I f- was it him? Y- yes, I want to say. Uh, I think I've written it down. He has, but I couldn't remember if he has. But like, and the Batman, the new one. Oh, yeah, that looks. Yes, he just is. from from what I've seen of that already, that looks great. So With Robert Pattinson, yeah, yeah. So, but the Planet of the Eight films is just they're all they're all amazing. But he didn't do the first one; he just did the second and the third. Um, it's produced by J.J. Abrams. Um, it cost $25 million to make this film. And a box office $172 million. million. So, yeah. <laughs> £172. £172. <laughs> um, 85 minutes long and a Rotten Tomatoes score of what are you thinking, Jess? Uh... Is it going to be like ridiculously high or is it going to be a weird one? I actually well, don't know. Just, I'll go for like 86. Okay. You're thinking the same, Ewan? I, I, I would probably say the 70s, even though I, I like it better than that. I feel like, I don't know, for some reason it would be in the 70s. Mm. Yeah, 74. It's, it's <laughs> 78. Not that makes really much difference, but... um. Yes, yeah, it's, it's up there, seven to eight boner, isn't it? Really, mm. if you were to. Mm. So this is the first of three movies. <laughs> yeah, and a there is a direct sequel being made, but they are all these films, the three movies, are they are linked in a way? And I'm sure Larry <sighs> knows how yeah. they're all linked. Yeah, um, <laughs> and I'm sure he's going to explain that. So it starred Rob. Was Rob was Michael Start David? That's not going to destroy his name. And Odette Usman, um, yeah. I've seen her in The Unborn. Um, she was Beth. Yeah. Um, the Unborn has a great cover. If you've ever seen that, I haven't seen it, but uh, well, go and have I think a look I've seen it. that film. Yeah, it's just her in her pants, looking a mirror on the cover. Mm. So, um, okay. So I've watched this film a few times. I watched it. I think I watched it twice this week because um, I know there were some Easter eggs, and as usual, I didn't see what the Easter eggs were. So I, I looked it up and then watched it again. But some of them are kind of blinking. You miss them, aren't they? Yeah. Um, but I did see some bits to do with Lost. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the Dharma yeah. Dharma Initiative uh, symbol. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I know there was lots of other kind of 
subliminal kind of kind of like like Exorcist, where they just drop a frame in of mm. an image. And I think they were what were they monster? They're from monster movies. Yeah, f- yeah. Oh. So from like what what is it, Lawrence? It's like Godzilla. Godzilla. Mm. The mm-hmm. Beast from two twenty thousand feet or something. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. one about an ant. Um, yeah, I think giant I was them. ants. Them, yeah, yeah. King Kong. Mm-hmm. Kong. Uh, but like, I was looking at that. There wasn't stick out too much, but I know in all three films there were kind of links between them, mm. and I don't think they were very obvious. Something to do with the. the <laughs> They're not. No, I know they've said the the. The, not, not what were those eye strings called? Slushers, slushers, slushers. Yeah. But what are they really called in this country? What do we call them? Well, slush puppies. If yeah. You like. puppies um, yeah, same thing. T- Tango ice blast. <laughs> yeah, mm. same thing really. But so I spent all my time looking for all these, and it was pretty crap, really. These eggs, I thought they were going to be quite exciting, but not really. Um. So I just want your views on it, really, because I've seen it loads. Jess has seen it loads. Larry's probably written an essay on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you and you had seen it before, you. And I've seen you. it loads of times. Um, I think for a period it was like probably my second favorite movie in my teens. I think because I found it so sort of different from anything i'd seen before and i haven't and i i still haven't seen a lot of the major sort of american or hollywood monster movies so i haven't seen godzilla which i know is is actually uh, japanese but but i haven't seen godzilla i haven't seen any of those major movies and so i think really cloverfield was the first sort of monster disaster movie i ever saw um and it came at an interesting time as well because it came out in 2008 and that was a period when loads of sort of found footage movies were coming out. So you've thing, got like yeah. Paranormal Activity, you've got Wreck um, and it's sort of, I don't know, the, the genre became m- much more popular, which it, which it didn't really after, I mean, Blair Witch is often seen as the as the first found footage movie and it, it, it didn't sort of ignite a, a popularity in the genre whereas i think when by the time cloverfield was coming out and paranormal activity were coming out people had these like quite good um digital cameras at their disposal and they could film um so i think maybe that contributed to the fact that there were so many coming out um by sort of 2007 2008 um and it, and, it, and i think i think cloverfield even as a kind of a, a cult classic in some ways, I still think it's very underrated for for um, what it is uh, because I, I feel like I, I never hear it in dis- in like discussions, and no. I, th- I think that's partly because in two thousand and eight you had a lot of big movies coming out. So I mean, the the most obvious example is The Dark Knight, and I think. St- movies like those kind of overshadowed this one because even though it's a Hollywood production with, you know, big sets and explosions and CGI, it's still it's still almost considered a small project, which it is yeah. compared to a lot of things. But it's um uh but yeah, I, I would say it's one of the most underrated of those examples. I, mm-hmm. I had a lot of fun with it this time because th- there were certain things I didn't I don't think I appreciated before. Like the one where they meet the army, where where were they? Where they were, um, where all the military are, and that girl explodes. Mm. Yeah. Um, th- th- those scenes leading up to that on the found footage, you know, the, the camera, it really made me feel like I was there in a way because it was so hectic and so well done. Do you know what I mean? There was so much screaming and shouting and pushing and pulling, and everything was going off, and. I think I appreciated that the most. And even the helicopter crash as well. Um, everything that was going on in that helicopter was quite realistic. Mm. Like, you know, they all thought they were going to die, didn't they? And, you know. It kind of um, it kind of reminds, like, obviously, uh, not a direct uh, comparison of it, but I know that in some documentaries, I mean, one documentary to bring up like a 100 and one minutes of 9-11 i believe it is that changed america yeah that's it it. that changed america um and it just what this film does very well is it captures that kind of as you said you're there 
So like there's Panic. just there's yeah, little yeah. scenes like where they'll be walking towards the building and there's a horse carriage that looks like it's for a wedding or whatever and it's going past yeah, yeah. empty and it's that feeling of like oh and, and I think he even says like oh people want to know how it all went down and yeah. it's just that it captures that very well of that era of people getting their phones or cameras out and being like inst- instead of you know getting out just wanting to mm. yeah wanting to film I, everything I did find it funny when the uh was it the Statue of Liberty's head is thrown and people going like this close to it, taking photos. I'm like, what are you taking a photo of? Mm. Like <laughs> yeah. you're not getting the whole thing here. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's it also looks, really irritated me. It also looks, that head looks a lot smaller than well, somebody, what I imagine I, I think, it would yeah. be. I, I actually think now I, I, I don't know. I, I swear I heard this, that they actually magnified the head uh, uh, like more than it would be in so real it's life. Bigger. I think so. Wow, um, that's because they wanted me more of bigger. But I've never it's, it's, seen it. Have you yeah. seen it, guys? Have you been? Yeah, over I, I went to see, see it. Not yeah. in real life. Seen it yeah. once in real life. But it, but it's cool. I mean, what, I mean, what you were saying about um, the stuff about nine eleven. I mean, it. I mean, there was a sort of period, really, of of action movies where it's like pre and post nine eleven, where. Um, after 9-11 action movies tends to be more more like documentaries so if you look at like the Bourne movies they're very sort of shaky and they're very sort of trying to catch up with the action and stuff like that um but with Cloverfield I think it's so much more evocative of that mm-hmm. of, of those videos I mean I, I'm sort of very um morbidly in- interested every so often in those sort of you know videos that are still on YouTube of like 9-11 happening yeah, and yeah. people on the ground and, and you know people in like dust clouds when the towers like went down and stuff like that um you can see so much of that in Cloverfield mm. especially when the you know a tower does come down in the film when the monster like goes near it and people are covered in the in the dust and everything and that now you know and that you know it's exactly the same as as you know seeing the people like covered in the you know the tower dust and everything and i think that's um i i, I think that's just so sort of it, it's so effective yeah. i think because you, it you works again so well. yeah and you feel like you're there and it's yeah. great yeah, there are some cheesy lines still in this film, though. Like oh, when course, that yeah. happens, when that <laughs> happens, like like you said, that moment when they're in that shop and all the dust comes in, you think like, oh, again, it feels so real. But then you get lines like, "Whoa, Rob, Rob, it's alive," yeah, yeah. and you're just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like don't don't need it." Yeah. <laughs> so, can we talk about this monster mm-hmm. now? Where's it come from? Do you want to take this, Larry? <laughs> Jessica. Sorry. <laughs> um, so, like, this monster, it came out of the sea, and I have read things that it lived at the bottom of the sea, and people made slush puppies out of it. Right? Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I, okay. I, I mean, yeah. It's, yeah. Hard. I mean, it's, it's tricky. It's tricky so is to it a explain. Titan? Well, is it a Titan? It's tricky to explain because... Before the film came out, they released this online kind of campaign, and it was kind of one of the first, I might have got this wrong, but I believe it was one of the first of its kind of like an Easter egg hunt online. And they would release all these bits of information. There's a, um, there's a, there's some good videos on YouTube to, that would probably explain it a lot better. But in summary, they, as people unlock the secrets and you know like the little bits and bobs of telling the pre-story it's essentially like his company um which is the like oil rig that they say goes down in, at the beginning i believe of yeah. the film but they've been essentially digging at the bottom of the ocean for uh, a substance which is what puts into their slush yeah, into the slush yeah yeah and they they basically say that they drilled too far and they've awakened like this monster at the bottom of the ocean but then there's like this whole secret campaign on like that they knew it was there and that they were trying to like almost harvest it so but the the, what i like about the film is that they don't actually go into that which i would have ruined the film so much if they had had like a military guy come up and be like we were drilling down there for two weeks and that you know i mean that i mean that's the sort of key difference between this film and army of the dead for instance because it's Mm -hmm. because the cloverfield works by itself you don't have to have researched um the easter eggs or go into the um you know the (laughs) the the matrix of the uh, viral marketing campaign in order to enjoy that film and um and what's so uh, it was. I mean, it, they 
I mean, the Cloverfield like marketing was clearly inspired in part by Blair Witch because Blair Witch did a very similar thing where they essentially almost treat it as a real thing and they put yeah, it on like a website and everything people like believe that. that, didn't they? Yeah, like, exactly. Like all the yeah, yeah, me. I spoke about it in a podcast <laughs> and I got everyone was fucking laughing at me, saying, like, you're an idiot. I was like, yeah, I probably was, to be honest with you. <laughs> to be but fair, like, like, at the, when that would have come out, though, watching that for the first time, like we can look back on it now and say, like, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised that a fair amount of people would have watched that and yeah, gone, this is real. I, th- I think you're right. And, and I, th- I think also, uh, in terms of like the context of Cloverfield when it came out, it's not like nowadays when like analyzing trailers and going into this um going into these easter eggs was a particularly popular thing except for hardcore fans and um and but i remember at the time um i I remember just stumbling across the trailer which i think was only 30 seconds long and didn't even say the title it just said the release date um and I remember stumbling, I stumbled across it by accident because um, I don't know if it, like back in the day, I mean, it's, they still do it now, but back in the day, people used to release um, fake trailers, which used actual trailers in order to pretend that that was the trailer. So at the time it was like Gears of War movie trailer. Um, and yeah. obviously there wasn't a Gears of War movie, but I clicked onto it and it's, oh yeah, it's Gears of War movie trailer. And I saw the comments, it's, it's actually a thing called Cloverfield. Oh, what's Cloverfield? Oh my God, there's nothing, there's nothing about this film at all. I can't find anything. Yeah. And obviously that generated so much excitement because you're just wondering like, what is this film? Yeah. And because I wasn't 15 yet, I wasn't able to see it at the cinema. So I had to wait for it to come out on DVD in order to watch it. And it was just, it was great. It was a great sort of like, it, it wasn't anticlimactic at all. Like, like waiting for like nearly a year to watch it. It was just like, it was great. Loved it. Yeah. Well, I had fun with it. So, I haven't got too much more to say about it. And this is where uh, Larry normally takes over and, because um, <laughs> I, ju- I just had fun with it and I'd watch it time and time again and I think as I've got older I can appreciate things a bit more um, maybe it's because I've watched it six times but yeah. I did really I really enjoyed this one like as a as a whole yeah, it, um, is, it's, it is a really good solid film and it's, not a- it's aged really well yeah, well. yeah. So, and I think the, the, the what the plot does very well is it it pushes it forward in a realistic manner, but also presents its monster bits, let's call it, in such good and clever ways, I find, that a lot of, you know, like, I guess you could say, like, juxtaposed, like, Godzilla, where Godzilla comes out of the water full frame, and he looks, it looks amazing, 4K sort of bullshit, you know, like, and he's, yeah. you know, going across fights another Titan, what I like about this film is like one of the my favorite moments in this film is that bit on the bridge. I mm. I, it's, mm. I just love it because you've got all this cluster of people which would happen of just crowding trying to get off, and I just love the shot of it zooming out, pan up, and then just have this massive like I guess you'd call it a fin. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, yeah, boom. <laughs> and it, again, and it what it what it does what I like really well in this film that I think a lot of other films don't do it enough when it's found footage um is it's very clever in that it obviously it doesn't have a soundtrack but it's very no. clever in how it puts its orchestral moments in there so like that bit with the bridge when it hits the bridge you can hear the sounds of the bridge going down but that is the music mm. uh, it's it's so it's just things like that to me um i think is what elevates it yeah i mean, I mean it's also like stuff like I don't know, like just the reality of the situation is is really cool as well. So so like when when he goes into that, um, uh, like I think it's like an electronic shop, isn't it? Yeah. Um, where they see like with all the TVs and stuff. There's one shot where it's like there's one TV with the news on, and there's another TV with SpongeBob. Yeah, it's SpongeBob, and it's just so it just feels so like real. It's yeah. like of course that would happen yeah. because yeah. you know it was a SpongeBob news reporter as well. I oh, was it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a, like yeah. a character in SpongeBob as a news reporter doing the news. Yeah. Which yeah. I was like that's brilliant. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, um, but then. Yeah, sorry. That, sorry. Mo- that that monster, because I, I touched upon it earlier, but like, he's not, 
it doesn't really explain. I know there's going to be a direct sequel being it's being made now. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but you think he's always been there? Is he an alien? Is he? And they fire a lot into him. Mm-hmm. You know, they're hitting him with a lot of weapons, and he's not stay. He's not going down, is he? Although he's seems to be in pain, I think at times. Um, he ain't staying down. Um, so yeah, that that was what was confused about a little bit because they were putting proper missiles into him. I think, and I think it goes into it though, like more in that. Me personally, that's what I like about that first film is that you just don't know. Like you, re- like in that situation as well, like you'd be trying to find tippets of information, maybe as going along, but everyone would be the same of like, oh, I heard it was this, or I heard this. But then that's the problem with what I found the sequels. I say sequels. That's They're the not problem really, I are they? Blood well, relatives yeah, is what yeah. Abrams well, calls them. <laughs> well, but this is what annoyed me with J.J. Abrams because he's he is he is a good like storyteller. He 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 has a good vision, but he he rats on about this thing all the time called the mystery box. Mm. And for Cloverfield, the first one, it works that mystery box because it sets up a well enough good story with characters that you I you know you do care about. And yeah, but with the with the sequels and blood relatives, he he doesn't ever commit to wanting to kind of say this is what we're doing. It's all like, look at this cool story. Did you see that the post box is called Cloverfield Lane? And it's like, yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, that, yeah, that was annoying. But but yeah, they're they're tied in, I guess, because John Goodman, John Goodman's character from Ten Cloverfield Lane, yeah, worked on a navy ship where that creature. Or something like aliens, basically uh, destroyed the vessel he was on, and he's been trying to prove it for so long. And then, but then this is the issue with for me personally because you can't really connect the two because they're not they're not set in the same actual universe. The, uh, yeah, and then the third one tries to connect them, and it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't um, make they, any sense. Are they all bad robots? Yeah. yeah, they're all well, good. Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah. Yeah. But Paradox, though, had a funny story only because of the fact how, like, it was meant to get a big cinema release um, and it was meant to go under the title God Particle. And yeah. before God Particle, or I believe after God Particle, they were going to do um, Overlord. But Overlord got changed. It's amazing. Into, yeah, it's got separated from Cloverfield and it, it was so good for it. Um, but Paradox, they were like, we filmed it no one cares so they were like uh netflix they literally at the super bowl (laughs) at the super bowl in the adverts they were like cloverfield paradox streaming now there was no build-up it was just oh it's available and i think it really hurt the film a bit because a lot of people were like what yeah because this is the sort of quandary you have because it's because the thing is is that you know we're in that kind of franchise era and um i well even though there's been franchises forever but in terms of like loads of franchises and everyone trying to sort of capitalize on one film and stuff like that and it's funny that cloverfield came just before iron man came out so yeah, there was almost yeah, like that that sort of franchise mindset wasn't exactly there yet. And so it took until, what was it, 2016 when 10 Cloverfield Lane came out? They, yeah, uh, or oh, something that was like bang that. on. Yeah, well, no, it was yeah. 2016. Yeah. Because I mean, the, I mean, the story with 10 Cloverfield Lane is that there was a, is that they, they, there was a script called, what was it, The Bunker or something? or the... Well, it's, it was based on that novella, wasn't it? Because um, it's based on a novella which is called like something stairs or something yeah. like that. And then he yeah. wrote a thing but called it wasn't, The Bunker. Yeah, but it wasn't originally a Cloverfield no. sequel. It no, was no, just no. a straight script about being in, in that bunker. And I think I, I almost feel sad for the person who wrote the original script yeah. because what they've done is they've taken the brilliance of the original story and just put loads of Cloverfield stuff in it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and even though it's a great, you know, it's a good film and I quite enjoy it. It's just, it, it's just, I think it's, it's partially what? ruined by... Cloverfield stuff. <laughs> yeah. I don't even see. I didn't even get the connection between either of them. I couldn't see it. It literally. There are shots that are a second long that they want you to go. Oh, now go on your computer yeah, and look into it. But the films don't give you that satisfying. So like this is how ten. Ten. I'm just conscious of time, but like ten Cloverfield Lane. That whatever's outside. What were they humans? There wasn't 
loads of giant animals. Well, monsters well, out there. There, there were there were, there were sort alien. of things, alien things. Flying. Yeah, but they Flying were things. Were um, they yeah, humans was... that had been bitten by the spider things, or was in it ten, totally what, different? In Ten Cloverfield. Yeah. Yeah, there was a woman who comes up and he says that. What is it? Something to do with the air outside and stuff. Which is a good film. I really like. I like John Goodman anyway, but he's he's brilliant in that film. Mm. Um, but, but again, I love I, I love the theory that goes. I think me me and you and I think we discussed this a while back when we because we saw that at, at the cinema. And again, the film on the outset, good film, like good plot. In if you take away the Cloverfield stuff, the Cloverfield stuff all gets a bit like here and there. But I love the the. Uh, theory that the guy with the broken arm is the guy who's killed John Goodman's daughter and that John Goodman is purposely trying to keep him away from the other girl because of that but he's like made out to be this like kind of psychopathic kind of like mm. and and it's the little things like that where I'm like yeah if you took out all the Cloverfield stuff and you just made it this film with the hints of, oh, who's the bad guy in this bunker or something? I think more people would have gone like, that's an, an amazing, tight, so, you know, condensed how, film. So when you two walked out the cinema, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, take my for, mind for context, back. Yeah, yeah, for context, Lawrence <laughs> and I watched it at so, the cinema back in 2016. So you, yeah. you two, you know, dancing away from the cinema, like, what Dance. were your thoughts? <laughs> well, you know what I mean? What were your thoughts? Well. On it? When you come out of there, because when you come out of a cinema, there's a feeling, isn't there? You you always go, "Wow, that was shit." Or, yeah. that was that was great. Or, do you know what I mean? I mean, I, I remember really, li- I, I yeah, but I, I remember really liking it when I came out, and then as I thought about it more, I realised that I didn't really like because there's a there's like a, a switch like at sort of in that crosses into the third act where, um, spoilers, um, it, it yeah, turns yeah. out that it turns out that. It was actually aliens, whereas um, throughout the film, it's always confusing and ambiguous whether there were actually aliens outside. And the third act just, oh, yeah, it, it was aliens. And it's kind of like, I, I, I guess we knew that, but it, it kind of ruins the entire rest of the film in some ways. I mean, it's still a good film, but it's, it, it, but it's sort of with when you, when, you, when you answer that ambiguity, which I don't think J.J. Um, Abrams would have really done or at least that the first film doesn't do is that it gives you all the, it doesn't give you all the answers um yeah. and i think with 10 cloverfield lane that's essentially what it tries to do and and with you know with cloverfield as well you you are you are continuously um in the dark about certain things and that and that and that's part of the why it's so terrifying or why terrifying it, it's part of why it's so scary um and, and I, again I, I think it i think it connects in some ways to like that um uh, that 9-11 feeling, uh, mm-hmm. like as it was happening on the ground. People didn't know what was happening. But people thought um, like a plane had accidentally just gone into the towers and just, and they just, and then they were like thinking it was, it was terrorists. They were thinking it was the government. And, you know, it, it gave birth to like a wave of conspiracy theories. And it's just people just not knowing what's going on. And I think that, you know, that that's key to, to like a lot of J.J. Abrams' work is that he likes that sense of mystery. Um, and it's the same, you know. It's, it's like um, the first twenty minutes of the, f- of the film isn't a monster movie. It's a, it's like a, you know, a, a, a romantic drama. Yeah, <laughs> with, I with, think it's a, yeah, with Bradley, well, with with Bradley Cooper on the phone. Out of all people, he's the the boyfriend in that film again. Yeah, it's not, it's not Bradley Cooper, is it? Oh, it's Bradley Cooper. There's uh, no way yeah, that's Bradley Cooper. It is. So the story behind it's so so stupid as well. Like he was on another project and then they just basically said, you don't have to like come in. Can you just record like a line or two for the phone? <laughs> it's Bradley Cooper. I swear it's Bradley Cooper. Because there's this I whole little... I realise that. Bra- yeah, because he was on a project that J.J. Abrams, I believe, had some input in. But it was like, I- I'm going to... Do- He's not even listed anywhere. No, I'm going to just double check it though, but I swear that it's Bradley Cooper. Well, I mean, let's it, say it, it's Bradley Cooper. This, you know, that sounds I great. Mean, it, it'd be funny if he if he wasn't, and you'd heard this somewhere. And oh, yeah. Whoever concocted this, yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> just Bradley Cooper as. Um, well, we love ben. Bradley Cooper just on the Bones Horror <laughs> Podcast. But no, yeah, that the my my first reaction coming out of it at the cinema was very much the case of like 
I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. But what really confused me was going into it, I thought that they were going... I think I said this to to you as we came out. I was more surprised that they took it in that direction where they were like, this isn't the same universe, but it's connected. And I find that whenever you try and do something like that, you know, again, I don't want to, um, I don't want to um, sidetrack too much because this will go into something completely different. But it's like, it's like what they're talking about with the new Spider-Man film, which has got me a bit slightly worried because they talk. They, whenever you do about multiverses in these sort of films and stuff, there's, there's, it's not like a right way to do it because you can do it anyway. But when, especially when, again, take Cloverfield, you've got a film that's in your lineup, and then you go, oh, here's a multiverse. And you start going, all right, yeah. Why, yeah. like, how? Whereas, like, in this, with the sp- the reason why I brought up Spider Man is because they're talking about having villains come back. I mean, none of this yeah. is like spoilers because it's not confirmed, but they're talking about having villains come back from other multiverses, like Sam Raimi and you know Andrew Garfield Spider Man. But then they've recently come out and said, oh no, 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 they won't be those villains. They'll be multiverse, multiverse villains of those villains. And I'm like, wait. <laughs> so you mean like if it's not if it's Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin, but it's not Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin, it's a multiverse version. And I'm like, just stop. Yeah. Like, surely that gets so <laughs> much Stick of a, a Green Goblin in, whoever it is. Just stick Willem Dafoe and say Green Goblin. Yeah. Or like Cloverfield, yeah. just say, it's this, like, you know, I think a good enough twist at the end of that film relating back to Cloverfield would have been that if they had tied it into that first film in a clever way, didn't have to be like big monster at the end or anything, but if they just tied it in where it's like, this could be set in the same world, like it could be, where does it fit in? But instead they don't, they like, they just said they, yeah. they go for Even this. Even if the, the monsters that attacked them had been like the little spidery things instead of like some aliens, mm-hmm. then it would have been like, yeah. Set yeah in they've the gone same from, place, like... from a monster that lives under the sea, making slush puppies, whatever they're called, to aliens in the second one, to, in outer Parent. space, and the third yeah. one getting all confused and thinking it's I don't know I, that kind of remote. What was the film? Um, Event Horizon. Um, there, there is it kind of yeah. I, I'd love Event Horizon. I'd do it again anytime. I've seen it, but it's amazing. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, both of you, honestly, watch it. So Episode one hundred. We'll have to. Who, who's the main guy in it again? I know there's a main Sam, guy in it. Sam Neil. Sam Neil. Oh, yeah. and um, and Lawrence Fishbourne. Yeah. Anyway, I kind of got the feel for the third one. There was all this kind of. It made me feel like that. Like there was stuff going off. I can't find words to explain it, really. But honestly, you um, can't. There's the problem with the film. They don't explain it. They just. They have a film which is like, okay, this is the film that will explain the other two. And instead, they add stuff in it where you have a hand that has its own consciousness. And you're like. Let's like answer one question before giving me twenty more. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, what are your thoughts on this, and you? And if you uh, bonus, what are you giving it? I think I'm going to give it uh, nine. Um, Because, because I I mean, I I think if you asked me when I was fifteen, I'd probably give it a ten. But in terms of. I, I I think it's very interesting just just the, the certain things that you look because I've I've seen it so many times I've seen it at least sort of fifteen times I think but it's sort of um, you sort of notice little things and it, it's quite interesting how even like uh, over ten years down the line it's it's become dated in certain ways but it's such a sort of a product of its time that it's so, um, it, it, so in some ways it's even more fun to watch. So um, for you giving it nine or ten when you were fifteen to watching okay. the second one at the cinema, what would you kind of given the second one as as you know obviously i mean from a 10 out of 10 movie to the second i i i I actually actually haven't seen it since 2016 but i but i think i'd probably give it um uh four stars because on on, or four stars well that would be probably uh, eight bonus maybe seven bonus um i'll probably get seven bonus the, the 10 cloverfield lane because i enjoyed most of it is the thing it's just that that the last bit is kind of um, yeah. jeopardizes yeah. it a bit, and then Cloverfield Paradox is just a one, yeah, probably. Like, well, <laughs> I I'll need pro- to watch that again. That. I might give I'll... it three bonus. <laughs> yeah, I need to watch that again to see if it makes sense. Jess, what are you thinking? I'd give it an eight. Okay. Yeah. Right, and have you seen the second one? Yes. 
And what, what's your thoughts on that one? Or ignore the <laughs> third one. The thing is, if I think about it as not being a Cloverfield film, yeah, it's then I'd drama. give it a seven. <laughs> yeah, I think I need to do the same with the third. I think I need to go watch it and forget that it's Cloverfield. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay, Larry. Kind of as, I'd say it's kind of similar. I'd say the first one's an eight. The the sequel's blood relative is a seven. Uh, yeah, it, and then the the third one is. Shit! Like, <laughs> 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 like I, I, honestly, I'd I'd give the third one a pretty low score of like three, and the only reason why is is generally because with the other two films, you can separate them a bit. Like, you can watch Ten Cloverfield Lane and be like, okay, it's it's not Cloverfield; it's just got Cloverfield in the title, bloody blah, blah. But with that third film, it does not give you a break. Like, you start the film that they're, they're talking about, like, whoa, look at the the space race and how we got a get paradoxes and then they're in space and they just fuck it up all the uh, whole film <laughs> there's just so many questions there's so many so questions for me, yeah. for me i'd give it an eight um and the second one so i'd give that an eight as well but as you said i have to forget they're linked if i was because i like john goodman then it's John Goodman, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So, like, I think that's a brilliant standalone film. Um, and that kept me engaged for the old movies. Not all movies do that. See, that's you know, if it, if I can actually watch the whole thing, it's getting an eight normally. Um, so, but I don't see the links between them, really, other than Cloverfield and the name. And then it says Cloverfield Lane. What is it? The road they live on called Cloverfield Lane. <laughs> yeah, it's the it? it's on the box. It's on the mailbox. So why was gets... the first one called Cloverfield? Because uh, it's um, in Cloverfield Park, right? That's where it ends. Well, which is well, seven... that's it was what's... the name of the um the the footage tape um which yeah. is by the Department of Defense. It, it, they called it Cloverfield. There are there are certain theories about the name Cloverfield, but mm. it's um. So what's the I swear they say. I swear. I swear it's called. Hold on. I swear it's called Cloverfield Park. Is where the park they find the footage. Was where oh, friends oh. Yeah, they used to spend all their time. Was it called Central Park? Is it? Yeah. Se- yeah central. I found in Central they are, Park. They are in Central. Like Central Park yeah. in like the big bit. But I believe that. Like I swear that in that footage bit. Oh no. Maybe you're right. Maybe it just does come up and just say like. Um, well, I, yeah. I asked these questions because I've got no idea why. And yeah, I mean on, they call. Yeah. They 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 nicknamed on set. They nicknamed the monster Clover. Yeah. But I think uh, that was a um, that was just an easy way of just calling the, the monster something. And there was also the theory that every time he treaded on something, it was in the shape of a of a clover. But I think that was oh. debunked, and um, I, I don't think that's true. Before going before going off with it really quick, like the only thing I'd say though about the about what they're going to do next for this franchise, I guess that they're gonna. I don't. They might not make it a franchise. They might just make one more. I just really hope that they do it justice and take mm. a lot of care because a sequel to that first film, I don't know what you could really do. I looked Cause you up, can, you can right? have loads of ideas, but like, yeah, really I looked up the actor, the act, it's certainly the actress and the actor, the ones I spoke about earlier. And I was looking through what movies they'd made before. And this new Cloverfield is what they're in. So I don't know. It sounds like it's going to be found footage again. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it, it's funny because I mean, I suppose you could try and do something like that, but it's, but I don't know. That's what I mean. It doesn't really turned, work. It, it's turned into a very sort of cliche genre now because it's been done so much that you wonder if it could ever do the, the same sort of thing again. And do there's you a reason it? why that? They're going to be yeah. a lot older as well, aren't they? That's what yeah, I, mean. I mean. Do you set I mean, it now, or do you go back to? Well, that's the well, that's thing. If it was it set now, it would have to be like filmed on an iPhone or something. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because obviously, back in the day, you didn't have camera. Well, you did have cameras in your phones, but it wasn't the same kind of thing. And I think that's why a lot of I think if, if like people younger than us, so let's say people who are about fifteen, sixteen now, m- might 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 see Cloverfield as slightly dated because. 
because it's all camcorders and mm-hmm. and uh, i mean there are phones with cameras on but again it, it, because of the universality of like high quality um uh, vi- video cameras now and you can take them on your phone it's it sort of it's kind of dates it in that way i guess so it's oh my weird God. i don't i don't know how much I you just can completely i just completely forgot about something the the biggest thing in that film did you notice at the end of sorry about that i cannot believe that did you notice That's at brilliant. the end did you notice at the end the thing falling from the sky when they're the on the fir- yeah the satellite the satellite that that satellite is the thing that they say wakes it up but then it's a cover up for the drill the drilling because then in paradox they try and make out that the satellite is from their ship but it doesn't make sense because it's not the same sat- just, yeah satellites yeah <laughs> satellites yeah. <laughs> satellites, satellites. Yeah. so shall we move on to what we watched this week. What have you been watching? No, seriously, what have you been watching? Right. Shall I start? Yep. Now, little iTunes had a little deal on. 25 quid. Skull Island. Godzilla 1 and 2. Godzilla versus King Kong. So I haven't seen the new one. At all. So I've watched it twice now this week. Um, so I watched that. Godzilla versus King Kong. And it was great. <laughs> I had a lot of fun with that. I didn't have to think too much. I didn't have to analyse it. I just sat there with the kids. Watched it. Had a lot of fun. Loved the fight scenes. Thought Godzilla was amazing. Um, certainly towards the end. and it was, I just had fun with it. That's what a film should be, especially when you sat there with your three kids eating pizzas and smashing sweets and you know what I mean? And it was just it's just a nice evening and I enjoyed it. Did you did you three enjoy that movie? I haven't seen it personally. I you haven't? Um, I've only seen the first new Godzilla movie and I th- I thought it was fun. I, I quite enjoyed it, but I kind of thought that um it didn't get any better after the first 40 minutes, I think. I, th- I think because Brian Cranston is, is such a, uh, I mean, mainly just such a great actor, but also yeah. he made that character so sort of interesting and absorbing. And um, that's another film, actually, we were talking about sort of good title sequences last week, that Zack Snyder does. Godzilla has a great title sequence. Yeah. Um, all of them do, I think. They all kind of right. continue that kind of secret things in the credits. As it's like Skull Island up. was like, I just think that's amazing. I, I, just, yeah, I can watch that either. again and again and again. So for 25 quid, I bought all four because I think they were offering, like, Skull Island, like the, sorry, the Godzilla vs. King Kong was about £14. And I thought, well, I might, you know, for 25, I might, have a, might as well have all four of them. I haven't mm. got to take them to the cinema, have I? And I own it now on iTunes. And it was great. And I watched it again last night. Little one watched it with his mate last night and we watched it. Yeah, loads of fun. Nice. Highly recommend. Mm. Highly recommend. <laughs> I'll speak about another one I watched. It was called The Gin. I'd spelt DJ. Is it I N N? Like a gin? Yeah. Technical. It's a bit like. Not like a genie in a bottle, but it's that kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah. So The Gin was the final guys who do a horror podcast that I listen to. Were reviewing it this week, and well, they had said they were reviewing it, so I watched it. Um, it's great fun. So there was a young lad, I would say about probably about twelve. He's he's got no voice, so something happened to him. Can't remember what it was now, but he can't talk. So he, he they move to a new house, and he finds this book, and he can summon a gin, and potentially get his voice back um but he has to stay once he's done the the ceremony with a couple of blood drops and a candle looking in the mirror saying this spell or whatever you want to call it um and he has to kind of stay alive for the till six in the morning or five in the morning or something and this thing is trying to kill him all night long to potentially get his voice back um it was great fun I'd definitely give it seven. It's pretty new, Larry, and I mean, I mean, like this year. Yeah, I've seen um, the trailer. I've seen the trailer for it. And the trailer fun. 
looks good for it because the trailer did a very clever thing where because i'm guessing i didn't actually know that he couldn't speak but i'm guessing yeah that's why they've taken that approach in the trailer of having everything so quiet and no sort of like just all on him so i, I definitely will give it a watch i didn't I can't remember, remember the title why he'd look you know, he, he got like scars down his chest so something had happened to him um but like the monsters and things like that are great in it they're not really monsters but like it's well worth a watch so go and watch it um and listen to the final guys podcast because they explain it all better than I can. Um, so, Larry, you watched anything uh, this week? Yes, I have. I watched two films, uh, one after the other. Very, very two different ends of the spectrum. I watched <laughs> The Naked Gun 2. Nice. Uh, two and a half. Is that, I think it's is called that The, the nice Smell Beaver of Fear. One, or is that the first one? That's the first one, nice people. Right, okay. Second, second one's the one with the zoo animals, and and it's <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> I love it though because they're just like Leslie Nielsen to me is like it's just a comedy legend that it's Genius. you know, and yeah. and I've seen I've only ever seen one film he's been in which he was a Navy officer where it was a really serious role, and <laughs> it just it doesn't it, it doesn't work because like you see like, he's a great actor, but like you see him and you're waiting for a line where you're like you know cigarette. Yes, I know. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that was good. I I love the Naked Gun trilogy, um, and I also love like the Police Squad episodes they did before. So yeah. they're all fantastic. Um, then I watched Straight Out of Compton, literally <laughs> directly after, um, because it was it w- was recommended on Netflix. So you I went s- down the you went down the comedy route that that night then. Uh, <laughs> I started that. <there. laughs> um, yeah, no. Straight, straight out of Compton was um, was good. good I've film. seen that. I've seen that before, but it was a long while ago. But I just think that, like, um, I think that the performances in that film are great. Obviously, the music's great, um, and it's just surprisingly like I, I put it on, and I didn't actually realize it was two and a half hours. So I was a bit yeah. like, oh god, you know, like could be a bit hefty didn't feel it at all i was like proper engaged all the way through so, so I'd, if no one's seen it i'd highly recommend it when i was 14 i was given a copy on tape at straight out of compton which i used to play out my window the neighbors used to <laughs> complain the neighbors used to complain about it yeah especially fuck the police you know and, <laughs> and I, I probably know all the lyrics to pretty much that album and um for life, the the second yeah. album, well, the third album, I think. Um, so that that's what I grew up on in my in my thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, listening yeah, to NWA with my shell suit. I still got well, I got photos of me in shell suits, and mm-hmm. but um, <laughs> it was a, it was an amazing, groundbreaking album, really. Like to what had been out there in the hip-hop world before. Like, well, Public Enemy and things like that were great, but like, Hello Cool J. But th- this took it to a new, you know, mm. I didn't, and it was just about black people getting bullied by police and shooting police and whatever else they did. But mm. great, yeah. yeah the, so it means it means a, a lot film. to me. It means it means a lot to me growing up, that film. You know, that Easy e even the Easy e solo album, I probably know every lyric to it. Mm. Um, but yeah, the the performances good, good in film. the film are great. Yeah, good film. Jess, have you watched anything this week? <sighs> I've been busy this week, so I haven't actually watched anything. Uh, what have you been played... doing though? That's more important than watching a horror movie. <laughs> I've have been you... playing some games, so yes. I've been playing Bio Mutant, which came out a week oh, ago. Oh, I want that. Is it good? Well, I first started playing it and was a bit like, mm, it's like a sixty quid game. Mm. Uh, luckily, it's, I have a shared Steam library with someone, so I don't have to worry about paying for it, which is quite nice. Yeah. Um, they released a big patch update, and they actually listened to everything that everyone had said about it and have made huge corrections, uh, which is really good. And, you know, it shows that they're actually listening to people. Um, so I do recommend it, but I don't know if I would spend 60 quid on it. So no, maybe wait no, for I it wouldn't. to go on sale. I think on Xbox, only 40 yeah, I found, I think on G to play, it was like 28 quid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I've been playing that 
And then I also played some Dead by Daylight for the first time wow. last night. Played my first few games. That was really good. So we'll probably do that at some point. So we will do uh, that on our YouTube channel. Yeah. We will all mm. meet. Well, I don't know about you, and but certainly we will meet and play this game. I'll get Ollie on there as well. Yeah, um, so that will be fun because that that mm. is a, especially you know, it's a four player game, isn't it? Uh, well, yeah. five player, but like five, yeah. You get if we're all survivors or whatever you want to call them, um, that could be a lot of fun. Yeah, but serious, that could be funny. <laughs> yeah, teabagging. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be great. So, yeah. like, the old toxic teabagging. Love a bit of that. <laughs> uh, then last weekend, we, my other half, uh, had his heart set on buying a snake. So we went to the shop and we now have a snake. Okay. I was going to get him to bring her in to show you guys because he handled her for the first time today and she was really chill. Um, but she's gone to bed now. I thought you were just going to say she's escaped. She's escaped. Yeah. Oh so my god, god. We, we do have a key on her Viv because she would have escaped by now. Um, yeah. She's a little escape artist, you can tell. But I mean, isn't yeah, isn't a snake and a rabbit a dangerous combination? Guinea pig. Oh, guinea pig. Guinea pig. Sorry, <laughs> guinea pig. Uh, they're in separate rooms, and also she wouldn't be able to get anywhere near him anyway. Right. Okay. Yeah. Not that I think. I don't think she would try and eat him. She's only like. What little, do you feed but... the snake? Uh, <laughs> don't know why that's frozen baby rats. <laughs> frozen rats. baby rats. Ugh. Yes, I have frozen. baby rats. We want to get real ones. <laughs> no, she has. This is what she's been brought up on, so you can't really change their food. They're very fussy. Get Rob to put a little pup on his finger, and like like a little cool. rat. Well, we're worried because they said that uh, snakes are really fussy eaters, and they could get stressed and everything. Um, and then she wasn't meant to be fed till Sunday. You're supposed to leave it a week, but she was coming right up to her cage. And I was like, uh, her viv, I was like, she definitely wants food. So he defrosted one, gave it to her, sent me a video, and she like fully grabs it and wraps around it. Um, so what is this night? Um, she's a pastel royal python. How big do they get? Uh, five foot. Yeah, so it'd be quite a while till she's a full length snake, but yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know, we're like Discovery Channel, aren't we? I know. I've got a hamster and a guinea pig in this room. I've got a snake in the other room. So Jess's zoo. zoo. Ten pound entry. We bought a zoo. (laughs) We bought a zoo starring. (laughs) We bought a zoo starring Matt Damon. (laughs) (laughs) Who's next? Is it you in? Yeah, I guess so. Um, so I've been watching uh, uh, Lisey's story, um, which is an interesting one. I don't think it's very good, but it's um, a Stephen King adaptation, which is for Apple TV Plus, and uh, it's. Based I want to on... see this. I want to yeah. see. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one because because uh, um, Stephen King often says that this is his favorite novel, and he adapts it. He's adapting it himself. And if you've seen Stephen King's track record in terms of adapting his own stuff and doing his own screenwriting, it's not great. Um, I, I mean, I haven't seen Creepshow, but apparently that's quite good. But I, yeah. um, but the, but I, I think it's, it falls into a similar case. But it, but it's funny because the series is so like well made in so many other aspects. Um, like the cinematography is amazing. It's very surrealistic at times. The music is sort of an electronic score by a composer called Clark, and that's very effective. The performances um, by Julianne Moore and Clive Owen and um, Dane DeHaan um, are all are all very good. But it's just the story is a bit shit. <laughs> um, uh, so it's essentially um, like typical Stephen King. So Can't it's beat about a shit story. Uh, no, no, I like Stephen King very much. So it's just, it's just this one. It's just so it's about a wife of a very famous novelist, yeah. um, and the very famous novelist suddenly dies, and um, then like this really toxic fan comes out of the woodwork, 
um, who's pretty much like an incel in, in, in some definitions. And he tries to hound her because she's secretly keeping unpublished manuscripts in the basement oh. and and people want access to that. But then, but that's the most interesting part of the story because it goes off into weird, really weird directions that cross into memories, trauma, and other dimensions. Um, literally, other dimensions. Um, Multiverse. That's great. <laughs> and the thing is, is that I could go, kind of go with it in the first four episodes because it was quite surreal and quite interesting and quite abstract, which I thought was uh, quite different for King. But then he explains it all, and it, it really frustrates me because that just destroys any impact it might have. Um and it's also just so convoluted and confusing, um, but it's it's really well made. So it's also really well directed and shot and everything and edited. So it's quite it's quite difficult. I mean, I gave it three stars, so that's probably equivalent to about six bonus. But um, not bad. Yeah, so that's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, I've also been watching uh, Feel Good, which is on Netflix now, um, which is a really interesting story about. Um, uh, a stand-up comedian who's um, has uh, sort of problems with alcohol and drugs, um, but she uh, she engages in a relationship with uh, another woman, and it's about their relationship. And it's kind of it's kind of like a millennial comedy drama in many ways, in that it sort of deals with gender and sexuality and um, l- like uh, and, and and things like that. But it's a really nice series, and it's so easily bingeable. I think the first season came out in came out last year and this one's the second and final season so if you're looking for anything to sort of easily binge this weekend i recommend um feel yeah. good and that, that, that that's very good um oh, hang on what what I, I feel like a snake i feel like i feel like the snake is gonna come and make it a pet <laughs> <laughs> for the audio Hello? listeners a snake has just appeared that's a snake that's a snake Lovely. Snakes on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine for our uh, audio listeners, Rob's just put his uh, snake on screen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I forget where I. Yeah, forget where <laughs> Look how long it is. Yeah, very the texture long of it as well. <laughs> and I didn't think it would be that color. <laughs> it's got oh. loads of spots on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite thin. I'm laughing at your snake. <laughs> So brilliant. <laughs> feel like it was staring yeah. at me. <laughs> oh, long, very long, thin snake. Thank you, yes. Rob. Talking about your snake, Rob. Indeed. Rigid as so, well. <laughs> one last thing. I uh, There were some deals on Xbox for certain games. So I bought Resident Evil Remake 2 and 3 and 4 and 5 Love and 6. Two. So I'm playing two at the moment, which is so much fun. Um, it's fantastic. It's Love to. Ridiculously good. Um, I'd never... Have I played it before? I don't think I'd played the original. So they've remade it. It looks fantastic. It plays really well. It's quite difficult, I would say. It is difficult for me anyway at times, especially the part I'm on at the moment. So I've had loads of fun with that. Once I've done that, I'll do number three, then four, then five. Four was always my favourite. Um, it's good. Are we talking? Are we talking four as in new four or four as in like four original? The original, four. The original, original four. Yeah, the original yeah. four. I think I even played that one on the Wii. I do apologise for this background sound. Yeah, <laughs> the guinea pig is, is jealous that of this thing. Attention. <laughs> it's the guinea pig. I just fed him, but he's like. Other animals are getting attention. What's the snake's name? Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Also, I call her Noodle. Noodle. <laughs> She's a danger noodle. Okay. Uh, Rob, what's her name? She doesn't have a name yet. She doesn't, still doesn't have one. So if anyone has suggestions... Yeah, okay, mm. let us know on Twitter. It's at Bones Podcast. Yeah, Bones Horror Pod. Bones Horror... Yeah, even on Instagram, let us know. They can't what, be conventional Rob's, names. They've got to be Rob out there. Rob and Jess's snake is Dominic. He likes fantasy Dominic Cummings. <laughs> Dominic Cummings. That's a lovely it's name. It's a she. <laughs> oh, okay. Dominique. Female snake. Dominique Cummings. Dominique Cummings. <laughs> so next week, yeah. we are going to watch Salem's Lot, which is, I can't remember, 70s or 80s, but it'll be a first for Jess and Ewan. Um, I, I think... I'm going to buy it on iTunes. It's about four quid at the moment, four pounds. 
Um, so I'm going to get hold of that and watch it again. And it's that's a bit of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So thank you very much. So yeah, we'll see you all next week with episode 55, Salem's Lot. See you later. Okay, <laughs> Oh dear.